This is the High Hopes Podcast. High Hopes. It's a bunch of baseball nerds talking about the Phillies on Odyssey in Sports Radio 94 WIP. Yo! It is another edition of the High Hopes Podcast. I had no, it's like the least idea of what I've ever had to do with Yo because I have no idea. Like two of four, sure, that was good, but you win the first two, you lose the last two. Thank God for the Cincinnati Reds, Jack Fritz. Not something I was expecting to say. Uh, by the way, presented by Miller Lite, official partner of the Philadelphia Phillies. I don't know where I'm at. Where are you at with this team, Jack? It's like we're limping towards the playoffs. We're uh, uh, still a game and a half lead with 11 to play all on the road. And, you know, the game and a half, which means two and a half. Yep. They've fallen behind the Padres. You know, it's, it's um, you know, there was some good, Nola, Ranger, some bad, everything else. Uh, I don't know. Where you at? How you doing, by the way? Doing good. I'm doing good. Um, Jill doing good? Jill's, Quick Jill update. We'll Jill's, do that all the time now. Jill's doing fine. She uh, would have liked to have seen at least three or four uh, taken this weekend by the Phils. But... Oh, yeah. I, but I will say, you know, at least they didn't lose three or four because there was some talk about that heading in. So. Yeah, 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 there was. There was some. Um, and they didn't do that, so that was good. It's like they're they're, they're pretty much doing exactly what, what I didn't want them to do, which is like <laughs> – I still think they're gonna make the playoffs. Like I'm not, I'm not in that mode. I'm not in the like, oh, everything sucks, whatever. Like they're not. I mean, I, I think they're gonna make the playoffs. I, I, I feel pretty good about that. Two and a half games with you know their magic numbers down to what eight. Um, yes. So listen, like, yeah, that's and they, and 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 you know, no one wants to hear it right now, but they do have you know seven theoretically easy games coming up. Oh yeah, I know. And, and by the way, real quick, like. I'm already annoyed at the, well, the Astros have nothing to play for. Like the Rays had nothing to play for in 2020, 2020 or whatever. And I think the Phils got swept that last weekend of the, of the year. Yeah, The so. Phillies had nothing to play for in 2011. Maybe they should have acted like it. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> they're pretty much doing exactly what I didn't want them to do, which was limp into the playoffs, have the city, not that excited about ending the playoff drought like we'll be excited, but they they just they're not getting any of the wind at our sails, you know, and and letting us just like fully buy in. They're not letting us fully be uh trusting in them, not letting us be like, I love this team, I'm all in, they have a chance to go make the NLDS and, and stuff like that. Like they are capitalizing on the Brewers not being that good, which is fine, whatever. Um, and like they're still not playing good baseball. Like there was there's still too much losing baseball happening with this team. And and yesterday was a classic example. Like they should have won that game. There's, there's no, like James, I gotta be honest. I woke up this morning and I know like 95% of the city, I would say was like, Oh, Eagles win. Jalen Hurts, superstar MVP. <laughs> My first thought was how the bleep did David Robertson, uh, uh, uh you know, bounce a curveball one to throw a 58 footer in that situation. Our, our, our closer that has big game experience, like, how do you do that in that situation? How, with runners in first and second, with with no outs, do you not move the runner along? Like, at that point, you don't need a big inning. Like, you don't need a big inning. I know the whole offensive philosophy for the entire rest of the game is go for the big inning, whatever. At that point, you got to play winning baseball. Get the run home. Get the run home. It's not that hard. It's not that hard. Like, you are big league baseball players. So, yesterday, I just I, – 
I was dying on the air, James. I'm doing the fifth quarter, and as Michael Harris hit the ball over Gene Segura's head, you can audibly hear me go, ugh. And then <laughs> and then have to make an Eagles point. Like this, like I just I can't they have to start playing smarter. It's bad base running, it's bad defense, it's bad situational hitting, it's walking pitchers or walking batters. Like it's Friday night was beautiful. Like 9-1, gorgeous. Knowles pitched well. Ranger was brilliant. But like then yesterday happens, and it's like that's a game that truly great teams, or good teams even, win. You got to win that game, and they're still just missing that. And they've been doing that for the last three weeks and four weeks or whatever, and that's what is just frustrating me right now. Yeah, and honestly, I can't decide if they're lucky that the Eagles are playing so well, so no one's paying attention to them, you know, not playing well, or if they're unlucky because no one's excited at all about the the chance to make the playoffs. It kind of the double edged sword there, um, and it's certainly you know the the you know we work in radio, we know like the Eagles have taken all of it. Like there is very little excitement about the Phillies. There's only you know griping about you know what feels like a September collapse, and that's the thing is like they're not they haven't. They haven't collapsed yet. You know, they are a clear mathematical favorite to make the playoffs considering the games left, considering their schedule. Like, you know, they should make the playoffs mathematically and just logically, pragmatically, they should make the playoffs. But it just, to your point and what you talked about, like, it just, they don't feel like a playoff team right now. They just don't. They don't feel anything like it. They feel a lot more like the September teams of the past than a playoff team. And it felt like it was turning, right? You know, like that... That, you know, what was a five game losing streak? And we're all, you know, even me who has been Mr. You know, they're going to be fine. They're going to be fine. The whole time is like, all right, it's, you know, before we did our last pod and then they come back and they win that game, that game against the Blue Jays, the baby Fritz game. And, and it was like such an important win. And then they win that first two against the Braves. And, and again, to your point, like win a really nice, tough tight baseball game and then they blow them out and you're just sitting there like all right man like like yes that you did it you did it all year long whenever we doubt them you battle adversity and they're right back and then the last two and look the saturday game like right that happens okay you know they no big they played the no big deal right they just they just lost they got beat it happened and i actually i actually thought that gibson sucks (laughs) i actually thought on saturday i actually thought they fought pretty well. Like I thought, I think Bailey just wasn't good. Oh, that was the Bailey game. Yeah. Gibson was yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Your boy was yesterday. Um, yeah. but the, but the game Saturday, I was like, you know what? They lost, yeah, they but, fought. but they, they, they came back, they made it a game. They had a chance in the ninth. Like I, I'm not going to do Well, I do have a loser mentality for most things, but like, you know, it's a baseball game. You're going to lose that. I thought Saturday was like, you know what? Thursday and Friday were winning good baseball. They had a, a bad start from Bailey, who's been really good for the last you know month, month and a half, and they lost the game. That's perfectly fine. The Braves are good. We know the Braves are good. It's just yesterday should have been such a win, and you just continue to see the like just the Braves being that much better, James. Like it's just it's it they're closer. You know they're close. They're definitely closer than they've been in years past. That little bit. It's that little bit that the Braves have it and the Phils just don't. And and that's I can't I used to not be able to handle loss to the Mets, James. I still think I handle loss to the Braves worse. <laughs> yeah. They well, always feel worse. Yeah, they feel worse. If you obviously that seven to one game against the Mets is like, you yeah. know, a, a 
when we don't forget. But otherwise, it doesn't feel like it's like these close games where you know we're getting our, our souls crushed. It's just like you you lose them. Like the Braves, it always feels like they find a way to crush our soul. And you know, whether over a course of a series, you know, you're gonna have a, a nail biter, you know, heartbreaking loss, and you're gonna get your your doors blown off in a game. And like that's just like a lock against the Braves. It feels like. And look, it, to be fair, you know what uh, what you're saying is is obviously true, but of course it's true. I mean, this Braves team, obviously they won the World Series last year, but this is a team that's been on the playoffs, what, five years in a row, something like that. I mean, they they are a, a battle-tested team with a lot of guys who have played these games and won these games. And, you know, when it, you know, that's the thing that, that's been so frustrating about the, the losses, the five-game losing streak and then yesterday, is it's felt like, to your point, like a Phillies team that, you know, for lack of a better word, and they're not quite this bad, but they feel like losers in those spots. They feel like losers in that a team that doesn't know how to win when it matters. And that's obviously, you know, compounded by the last four Septembers, five Septembers, whatever it is, where we've kind of consistently gotten crushed. And that, you know, adds to how we feel right now. But the way they play, to your point, it seems like when the the chips are down, they play their dumbest and worst baseball, whereas the Braves play their best baseball. And that and that's just a it's like clear. It's just the Phillies are not there yet. They're not at the Braves level when it comes to playing in big, important games. Yeah. And you hope that as we go along here with, uh, you know, Rob Thompson taking over and Dave Dombrowski, I mean, Dombrowski's whole thing is he's not an analytics guy. He is a eye test this is what a winner, you know, kind of looks like. And honestly, that's what Anthropolis was like with the Braves. I mean, I mean, he's he's younger and he's more new new age, but he was like, you know, one of the the younger GMs back with like Theo. You know what I mean? Like where and now those kind of GMs are viewed as old school um, with, with how the sport has gone. Um, and, and it's like it's so it's so tough to put into words how I feel about the, the this team right now. Because, like, obviously I love them, and obviously I want them to make the playoffs. Like, I, I, if they collapse again, I, I don't know if I can do it, James. Like, I just I, – I genuinely don't know if I can do it. it it's, it's, it's been so long. They are in such an easy spot where if they just do their jobs and get in, it, and then it's whatever. Who, who knows what happens in the first round? I mean, it's a three-game series. You should have yeah. Wheeler and Yeah, and you have Zach Wheeler, you know, so. And I do knows? think I do think having 10 straight road games, you know, being in that environment where you're used 11, to being on the road. 11. 11. Um, yeah, because it's three against the Cubs, four against the Nats, and, and three against Houston. Oh, there's 11. Oh, you're talking in this series. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm saying, oh, there's 10 games left, right? Or is there 11? No, there's 11. There's 11. Okay. Whatever. It's three against the Cubs, four against the Nats, three against Houston. Okay. So there's 11 games left on the road. And I do think that, you know, being on the road for that long, you kind of, if, if they make it and they finish it out, I do think that gives them a little bit of an edge. Like, we've been on the road for the last 11 games. and we Road Warriors kind of thing? Yeah. Like, I think there's, there's some part to that. And I do think that the last couple games at home, like, just... You can feel the tension, you know, like I know their record at home is really good, but it just these last couple games have just it feels like the crowd's like, please don't do this again. Like, please don't do this again. It hasn't been like overwhelming, like throwing the support behind the team and, and going, um, you know, so I, I think that going on the road almost is like an exhale for them at this point. I know the last time they went on the road was a West Coast trip, whatever. Um, but I just that's kind of my general sense right now. But I, I just don't know how to feel about them. Like. 
I, I just, I wish they were playing a more inspiring brand of baseball. And I, and you know, if there wasn't that third wild card and, and we were going along here, we would be talking about them, them faltering down the stretch in September again. Cause that's basically what they've been doing the last couple of weeks, you know, yeah, like, they're gaming off bag of the Padres now. Like they have, they have, they, we would have been, you know, talking about them in the last playoff spot for the last little while. And, and over the last, you know, week, they would have fallen out of it, and they would be out of the playoffs right now if they, if they hadn't had the third wild card. And I, I just can't, I can't put my my blinders on and see like, oh, well, eighty three wins, and you know, they're already over last year's win total, and you know, they're on pace to win what, like eighty eight, eighty nine wins, and and that because like <laughs> they're in position to make the playoffs. They are they if they don't now it's a it's another check mark in the collapse column which is what five straight it's the big it's the biggest it's the biggest like, by far by like nothing's even close because this, this. Te- this team has been so much better than those past teams like, this team has been they good had a big lead in September yeah. like those other teams collapsed but they didn't have like the Phillies were up four and a half games five and a half of the tiebreaker like in September you know right and I, and I, I can't it's hard for me to do the macro, like, well, they split against the Braves thing when, like, they should have won that game yesterday. Like, that game is sticking with me where it's like there, that's, that little bit is just missing. That little bit, that little clutch factor. And I don't know why, like, David Robertson, who's pitched in a thousand of these things, how does that happen? Like, how does that happen? How are you walking a batter every single time? It's every single time he comes in, he's walking someone. Whether it's a leadoff hitter or with one out, like you are, you you are like thirty-seven years old. You've pitched in a million of these things. Like every every after every post game, it's like, well, I gotta stop walking people. Then stop walking people. You know, like I just I can't, I can't, I can't do it anymore. Um, so I don't know. I just you know, some of what we do is stream of consciousness on this podcast. And that's just, that's where I'm at right now. Like it's, it's like I, I, they took, they split, but that game yesterday sucked and they haven't played good baseball in September. They're not doing what winning teams do. And it's like, I just, I need them to, again, I said this last time, last time, like you got to just figure it out. You got to figure it out. The city, I don't, I don't think it it will re, (laughs) it's going to be hard for this city to come back if they, if they lose, if they blow it again here, like it's going to be hard for them to, after another September collapse, to be like, oh, this this year's the year where it's different. Like this should be the year where it's different. Yeah, look, if they, I mean, again, I, they're not even getting people now, right? And that's one of the things we talked about is that there isn't excitement in this. City. I mean, the Phillies, you know, obviously are are in the worst part of this kind of you know, stretch run that they've had, but, you know, for the most part for the last, you know, three weeks, a month have been like a clear playoff team who's played good baseball, who have we been excited about mm-hmm. and, and the city isn't excited. And we've talked about it. We've done shows about it on WIP and we've talked about it here and, and there are a ton of reasons. We know that like the last four September's the, you know, the lack of, of competitive baseball, like t- people don't trust this team. People aren't ready to just jump back in. Like the Phillies have to make the playoffs, not just to, to, you know, keep, keep people coming back. They have to win people back still like by getting there, it will bring people back right now. People are very clearly hedging and very clearly not willing to jump in with two feet. 
And then this stuff happens and it just, it just like hammers home that point for a lot of people. It solidifies it in their minds that, that the Phillies aren't worth their attention and aren't worth their time. You know, again, baseball's a commitment. We know that, you know, obviously you know, we're the, the psychos watching 155 or 160 or whatever we end up with. If we miss a couple games here and there, I know you will, you know, watch on your honeymoon, but everyone misses a few. But, you know, even for, for people just to commit to the end, commit to September, commit to a stretch run, like it's every night. It's like three and a half hours, three hours every night. It's a big ask, you know, and you need to win that back from people. And, you know, I don't blame people. I get it. Like they need to earn it. And and doing this stuff right now isn't earning it. And I mean, you keep talking about the loss yesterday. I mean, thank God the Reds won. The Reds won a 2-1 game. If the Reds lose. It's a half game. I know they have the tiebreaker, but they're essentially tied coming in today if the Reds don't win that game. And and the Phillies were up five and a half a couple weeks ago, Jack. So, you know, it's it's it doesn't matter that they split because all that matters is winning games against the, you know, uh, more games than the Brewers. You know, like that's what matters. And they got lucky in that aspect yesterday. All right. I think I got it out of my system, James. I, I think, oh, I think, I think I feel now here, here are what I believe are, are the positives. Okay. Well, yeah, I was going to say, let's get to Nola because that, I think if we're coming out of the weekend, if we're looking, and there's a lot we could talk about, but I think the single biggest thing was in the you know biggest start of his career, potentially, or certainly one of them. You know, you could say that Marlins game to get into the playoffs in 2020 in the Shamba season, whatever. <laughs> but, you know, Nola, Nola was awesome. He was awesome. Yeah. And honestly, I, I, I kind of felt like he was turning that corner a little bit, um, that game down in Atlanta where he allowed four runs. And, and here's why I think that, is that he allowed the four runs, and it was like, oh, here we go again. And I, I think he got pissed. Like, all of a sudden, like, he came back out after he allowed four runs, and I was like, wow, he kind of picked up his pace a little bit, and he seemed like he was pitching angry, which I don't think I've ever seen from Aaron Nola. Like, I've never seen him pitch angry in my entire life. But, you know, I, think he, I thought he started picking up his pace. I thought he started being aggressive, and I thought he was pitching mad. And what I saw on Friday night was, like, he was pitching mad again. Now, it helped that, obviously, the offense took care of business, went out, and uh, Reese had a massive, massive, uh, massive night. And, you know, they, they they destroyed the Braves. But I thought that Nola, the start before in Atlanta, was when he started turning that corner. When he was like, like bleep this. I'm not dealing with the September crap again. Um, and he went out on Friday night and, and proved it. I mean, that was awesome. So, um, obviously, we've been detractors. It's been hard to, to trust him in years past. But I think that start in Atlanta and then bouncing back, doing it again on Sunday or on, on Friday was as, as about about as much trust as I could have in Aaron Nola in September. Yeah, which, you know, has been a, a low bar to clear, but he did look great. Uh, obviously, we need to see him finish out, especially because, you know, the way this is trending, he's going to have a couple more really important starts now. Again, not as against a, a good as competition, but look, those have been some real demons for Nolan. You know, a couple starts doesn't change the whole thing but it's really nice to see him having some success in September because it was getting ugly and it was getting you know it was getting uncomfortable it really was and and look good get angry man like I at the end of last season I hated that he kind of poo-pooed the talk about his Septembers because it was like dude own it like I know it sucks, but it's true. Like, it's factual. Everyone has a reason to be annoyed with you for how you pitch in September. I'm sorry if you don't like it. Them's the breaks. P- 
pitch better. So get mad. I, I think that's fantastic. Uh, so, you know, it was good to see. We still got a couple more. Uh, an interesting question I want to I want to ask you after we talk about Ranger, because, you know, look, two straight against Atlanta in, you know, two massive starts. And Ranger was awesome in both. Obviously got into a couple jams here and there, but really has a knack for working his way out of jams. I think, you know, better than most. Um, you know, I feel, you know, there was so much talk about, you know, who's starting the playoffs, isn't that? I mean, it's, it's obviously Wheeler, Nola, and Ranger now. But, yeah. You know, I feel great about Ranger, the cool, common, collected thing we've always talked about. You know, it seems like you know that may really transfer to big games like we thought it would. Yeah. And thank God, because I, I was <laughs> like, I was so like the last couple of starts with him. I was like, I was pretty down. Like, I was like, man, come on, Ranger. Like, you're so much better than that. And like you get to the fourth inning, second time through a lineup and it would just kind of fall apart. And it's like, Ranger, I deal this with I deal with this with. Everyone else, you know, I I dealt with it with Nola. Didn't really deal with the Wheeler, Cindergard, uh, whatever. Uh, your your guy Gibby. I mean, just the worst. When whenever a runner's on base, he's automatically scoring all of that. But I thought Ranger was the one where I was like, no, he's got us. And um, you know, he went through like what a four or five start stretch there, where it was like, is he even going to pitch a playoff game if they get in? Uh, because Falter was starting to pitch well, and, and Ranger just wasn't having that trust level. But thank God, because this is the Ranger that we saw when he came back from the back spasms. And it, it's it's also about who he pitched against. You know, pitching against the Braves in, in those spots, um, in big, big games, that just matters so much more than, like, Reds, Pirates, whatever, Nationals. Like, they, they don't really matter. Like, these have been checkmark starts for, for Ranger Suarez and Aaron Nola um, in those last two. So... Um, thank God. Seems like Rangers back. And and that's the one thing that if you're looking for a positive um out of this weekend, other than splitting and and not losing three or four, which some people were projecting. <laughs> um but the 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 positive is that Rangers giving you depth now. Um Nola in his four starts in September has gone in gone six plus innings in three of them. Wheeler, you know, I think tomorrow and I don't know if he has a pitch limit but I would assume he wouldn't I mean it seems like it was 60 last time I assume if they do have one maybe it's a hundred and maybe they do 80 I don't know um but yet yet Wheeler back he gives you some length Nola Suarez and Wheeler give you finally some some good quality innings on most starts and then it lets the bullpen kind of take a deep breath because the bullpen in the last I don't know month and a half two months they just look absolutely drained and they, they look like their stuff has been falling off a little bit because they've just been overworked ever since Wheeler gone out and, and this kind of stuff. So um, having those guys back should help the bullpen a lot. And honestly, the, the thing that I can't stop thinking about positively this weekend is is Zach Eflin and the emergence of, of what he's doing. <laughs> I mean, holy cow. Well, first off, it's just so refreshing to watch a guy come in and throw strikes out of the bullpen. Yeah, like, I know totally. he's always been a strike thrower. Like That's been the thing with Zach Eflin. Um, but it's so refreshing seeing it in a in a reliever-type role. Um, you know, like he's never going to be like the big wipeout. Andrew, like I, I joke about the Andrew Miller thing, where Andrew Miller is like shutting down rallies in the middle of, of games. But if Eflin can come in and just take down two or three innings and 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 throw strikes and let his stuff kind of show and and you know he's pitching competitively like he's been talking post game about you know, I want to be out there for this team which is good to hear. Um, but man, like what a revelation that guy has been. Um, and that's one of the other things where it's like Ranger Nola good, 
Eflin, that's that could be something that you know changes changes games down the stretch here. So some positives in what was a frustrating weekend. All right, hypothetical for you, and this is a again big if the Phillies make the playoffs. We know that uh, you know we'll see what happens. I feel good about them making it, but so do I. You know it is very close. Yes. So if they make the playoffs, look, we know this is a meaningless hypothetical because we know it's going to be Wheeler Nola Ranger. Wheeler, Wheeler, Nola Ranger. Um, but how would you line them up? Because I do think I, I, it's a shame you can't know, but I, I would wait personally because I think if if they win game one with Wheeler, I would want Nola in game two and pitch because, you know, I don't want Nola in a deciding game is what it comes down to for me. But if they lose game one, I would actually want to go Ranger in, in game two. I know you still have to pitch Nola in a deciding game after that, but... I would feel a lot more confident with Ranger going first, essentially in a, in a deciding game. I know they're not going to do that, but, but what do you think about that? James, let me say something. Mm -hmm. I love you very much. And this has been a, a, a very joyous uh, five years in this podcast, but I am simply not in position to say or talk about my uh, playoff rotation, given the okay, current, this is good. This is good. Given You're the right. current state of this team, I, that's, I a fair, just, that's a good point. I simply point. can't do it. I I, okay. I need to get there first. I need them okay. to get there first. This is fair. And this I, is good. And I'm not going to be the one with the with the mush being thrown on me because that's been thrown around uh, <laughs> with my name uh, last couple of years. So I'm not doing it. I appreciate what you just said. I think it made a lot of sense. <laughs> Perfectly fine. Can't do it. Simply cannot do it. Okay. It's a, I think that's a, a very, 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 very fair point. Um, the lineup. Uh, Schwarber looks Whoa. like, you know, eating up a little bit. Big day yesterday. Um, obviously, JT's been great. Where are you at with the lineup? Obviously, Harper had the homer over the weekend, but, you know, for the most part, has really been struggling, as we talked about last pod. Um, you know, we, I, it's so funny because you're right that the positives, all the things that we feel good about are the pitching. Even when we talk about, you know, the, the you know, the hope for anything. It's a oh, wheeler. You know, that that's a hope. Nola pitching well in September. Um, you know, this team was built to to hit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Believe it or not. Yeah. Smash the bell was their uh, mantra heading into the season. Um, so the lineups are so funny. It's like. Another, if you want to do the positives after this weekend, which again you could because they split and didn't lose three or four. Um, like they did score. I mean, one nothing. Them winning a one nothing game against the Braves in September. It's a miracle. Like it it, a miracle. It will never happen again. I'm pretty sure in the it's history. The craziest of the thing that's ever happened. Yeah. Um. But then they. I mean, they scored nine. I thought they fought back well on Saturday. They could have scored more than three, but whatever. I thought the offense is pretty good. And yesterday they scored six runs. You know. I mean, Gibby. Again, big game, Kyle. Uh, you know, coming out and and really helping the team um, by you know they got him six runs and he couldn't do anything with it. But you know the offense is pretty good uh, this weekend and hopefully they're starting to come out of this. I mean Reese has been good. Obviously it was massive on Friday. Uh, Schwarber really seems. I mean, getting Schwarber back to around he doesn't have to do what he doesn't did in June, but getting him back to to at least hitting a home run not every like two weeks and. You know, being Kyle Schwarber that leads the National League in homers would be would be nice. And we know, given his track record, is that as the games get bigger, Schwarber uh, usually does better. And honestly, you know, there's been a lot of articles that have come out recently about 
they all look to Schwarber in these times when it seems like, you know, it could be teetering or how to handle being in a pennant race. And Schwarber, like, obviously his words matter, but they matter more if he is going out and doing it himself. And 100%. I, and I, 100%. I think it kind of takes, uh, you know, let, lets everyone else kind of do their job. So him doing that on Sunday, hopefully going back to Chicago this week, we get, you know, Schwarber to kind of do the thing. Um, Bryce, like, you know, I just, I, I, I just keep waiting for it to happen. I, I think it's going to happen. I don't think we're going to get this version of Bryce. I, you, I mean, you're not going to do anything about it. Like you just have to hope that he, he can get going here and get hot and, and it's not too late. Um, the one, the two things that are, are sticking out to me is I think Bryson is really tired. Like, I just think that, you know, Bryson, this is a rookie, has not played this many games in his entire life. I know baseball is now year-round, so I know I know he's played a lot of baseball. But we're talking about the mental grind of a of a player in which... Major League season! It's yes. the majors! Yes. So he looks tired. The The bat just looks like it's, you know, he's just kind of hitting a lot of uh, uh, weak little pop-ups. Um, the defense has, like, all of a sudden been kind of shaky recently. So the loss of Mundo Sosa and not being able to get him out there for a day, give Stoddard, um, you know, a bit of a breather, I think you're starting to see that more. Um, so you just hope that this off day happens today and, and he can kind of right the ship here a little bit because he's been mm, not not great the last, like, week or week and a half. So it seems like he's getting a little bit tired. Um, the one player who I just continue to love, and it seems like that they have fixed, is Brandon Marsh. Like ju- the balls now, he's starting to drive it a little bit. It's not just like weak pop pop ups over the shortstop for second base and head. Like starting to legitimately drive the ball. Had three hits yesterday, including a double, um, and it's starting to do some damage. So Marshy looks like they've simplified everything for him. Actually, looks like a, a weapon at the plate. So um, you know, as we go along here, Brandon Marsh with what five more years of team control playing elite defensive center field. Now it seems like they've kind of fixed that bat a little bit. Is a really good sign. Yeah, I love it. It's a great, great point. I, I'm, I've, I've very much enjoyed Brandon. Very Marsh much enjoy the Brandon Marsh. Yeah, yeah. I can't get He's... a read on the hair thing though. Like, it... yeah, it's not great. I'm, the, I, if I, if we're gonna be honest, not a big fan of the hair thing. Let's just be real about it. Like, it's a, it's a weird look, man. Like, it's just a weird look. It's always, Am I wrong? You just tell put, me I'm wrong. He makes it, you know, it puts like uh, water all over it. Like, yeah, uh, it's always uh. wet. I mean, it looks like it just looks fake a lot of the time like the way it's like i don't know i don't know man i love him and do your thing buddy but it's weird well at least he's hitting now he's hitting so yeah and he runs fine. like runs like a gazelle i mean he's great and it gets to everything it's unbelievable he he does seem to injure himself jumping a little too yeah, much he's gotta maybe. calm down Maybe relax on well, that it's because it's because he it's because he's apparently like a really high level high school football player so I think he takes that mentality to center field. Got it. He's out there trying to, you know, I get it. Yeah, like we're not, you're not hitting into linebacker or you're not, you know, running into running backs. Like you're, you're playing yeah. center field. Yeah, buddy. Like uh, rain it in. All right, big dog. Be a little smarter. You know? Yeah, we need you. Who would have thunk you? But we need you, pal. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. Um, what do you got? Take back? Yeah, I mean, nothing much. Like, I kind of touched on it all with, uh, with what we talked about there. But how about... <laughs> Like, I haven't gone in my life, James, a, a, as a Philadelphia sports fan. I don't think I've gone from I don't trust this guy even a little bit to, oh, he's obviously great now, more like Jose Alvarado. 
I mean, it is uh, really more so than even a certain quarterback who's having a moment in this city. Well, I never doubted him. Um, okay. My okay, my good. first instinct good. was star. Good. I never jumped off that. Good. Oh, okay, good, good. I must have missed that. Yeah. Okay, and every, no, but everything negative I said about Jalen was a bit. So. <laughs> Sorry, I get those way too much laughter. So, so that's good. Yeah, everything was. I mean, was, you always do bits, so it makes sense. Yeah, just a bit guy. I can't help yeah, it. Yeah, you're just a bit guy. <laughs> yeah. So everything yeah. negative about Jalen was a bit, and I always thought he was going to be a superstar. Yeah. Uh, but I actually think Jose Alvarado is terrible. Like I never thought Jalen, like Jalen, I was like, well, he's never he's never gonna be that bad. I just don't know how good he's going to be. Like Jose Alvarado, I was like, I can't watch him pitch anymore. And now he's throwing like nine. Dude, he hit a hundred and three the other day, James. 102.5. He's the only reliever I completely trust. And Eflin now, somehow. Yeah, but like, honestly, like, Alvarado's the o- I want him to be the closer. He's the only guy who, when he comes in, I feel super confident he's going to get the job done. He's the most fun player on the team. His celebrations, the one the other night when he closed out the game. I mean, it's the most juice and fire you will see from a Phillies player. I love him. For, for Garrett Clevenger. I mean, come on. What a trade. That was Dombo's first move. We should have known. If we could just flip Robertson and, and Alvarado's roles, that would be my uh, my recommendation to old uh, Robbie Thompson. Um, other than that, I mean, I thought Brockton threw the ball well this weekend. Hopefully they can get him back to where he was, um, you know, uh, like a month ago. But, yeah, I don't know. It's like there's definitely some positives from the weekend. You know, I think, again, we talked about Nola. We talked about Ranger. We talked about Eflin. Uh, offense seems like it's it's doing pretty well. Um, it, it's just that game yesterday really bothered me. Um, so, overall, again, I think if you said heading into the series that they split, I think we would have taken that a million percent. But when you win the first two and then you, you don't take three or four, it just kind of puts damper on the weekend. Um, but... The next seven games, I mean, it's against very, very winnable opponents. Um, make up for the Cubs series here. Go take care of business out there. Um, and then the National Series. So I don't love that the Brewers have, what, nine straight home games? Um, they're yeah, like they am with nine straight. Now, they have the Cardinals now. So they have a two-game series against the Cardinals now, which is huge. Because then they have the Marlins and the Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks at least have been frisky. You know, they're not an easy out, so to speak, but obviously, like, the Marlins have, have pretty much packed it in for the season. Well, and, uh, and Donnie Baseball, no longer. Don, yeah, so, you know, maybe they want to win out for Donnie. That's something, maybe, I oh, guess. Oh, stop. Well, uh, actually, it'd be good for us, so. <laughs> yeah, the point is, like, the Phillies aren't going to get in by losing games. <laughs> yeah, go win. Uh, and final thing. Yeah, well, seriously, I mean, come on. Final thing, uh, Albert Pujols, welcome to the 700 home, uh, 700 home run Very club. Wild, man. Pretty wild to do it in the same night too. Unlike Aaron Judge, who's just stretching this oh, out, milking it. Pools was like, "I'm gonna do this in one night, get this done, no problem, guys." Yeah, college football fans seeing them melt down about the cut into Yankees games um, on Saturday afternoon was just beautiful. It was pretty. It was even annoying during the Phillies game. It was like, "All right, I get it." It was like, the eighth, dude. It was the eighth inning. It was the eighth I inning know. of a one nothing game, and they're I like. Know. And they're going full screen to Aaron Judge. I'm like, enough of this. What am I? I don't care. I'll see it on Twitter if he hits it. Like, stop. Agreed. Also, did you uh, agree with my top five ranking of right-handed hitters of my lifetime? Oh, I give it to me. I All didn't right. Hear it. Well, I put it on Twitter, so thanks for the follow. Um, <laughs> yeah, you, me missing something on Twitter. Wow, what a crazy thing. How could that happen? So the five right-handed hitters of my lifetime, the five best. Okay. 
Number yes. five is where I put Manny Ramirez. Okay. Number four, I put Miguel Cabrera. Okay. Number three, I put Mike Trout. Okay. N- number two, I put A-Rod. And number one, I put Pujols. Um, okay. So, um, I'm trying to think if you're missing anyone. I mean, like Frank Thomas, people were mentioning. I don't think now, he's. No, it feels like you got the right five. It feels like you got the right five. Um, Reese Hoskins. Yeah, I think th- yeah, I, yeah, right. I think this is the right five. Look at you. In good order, um, though? I mean. Uh, now, well, that's what I was about to get to. So that's where I'm getting to next. Um, so you had uh, Pools one, you said, right? Pools one, A Rod two, Trout three, Miggy four, Manny, Manny Ramirez five. So, okay. You could argue. I mean, I don't know if, like, I could, I could, I, so, like, my gut says that, that Trout shouldn't be above Miggy, um, but I, he, like, he could, just because he hasn't done as long, but he had, was, his highest is definitely better than Miggy. Dude. You know, same thing with A-Rod. I mean, A-Rod, A-Rod was amazing, though. But I think Manny, of all those guys, might have been the most pure, best right hand, like, it, just in terms of, like, I don't know. I always, I've always felt like Manny might be the best right-handed hitter I ever saw. I know. A pure hitter. What a great list. It's tough. Pools is one. That's the right call. Yeah, I mean, dude, like, it's funny because he hasn't been, like, great in a decade, but his 2000 to 2011. What? what, what oh, my God. Unbelievable. Dude, unbelievable. Like, go back. If you want to ever have some fun, just go to his reference page and just look at, like, the insanity of those seasons. Like, you know, like 330 with... 48 homers and like, you know, 130 RV. Like th- these seasons were insane. Like, uh, you know, he was unbelievable. Yeah. So, uh, definitely earned the nickname, the machine. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's a great list. It's a great list. It was a, you know, I don't know if we're going to see, we, that might be the last time we see 700 home runs. Oh, I think it probably will be. I mean, think about it this way. It's only happened twice in our lifetime, in my lifetime, you know, your lifetime, obviously too. But yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's him and Bonds in our lifetime. Like six hundred. I, I think you're probably right. Yeah, six hundred is probably still doable for a lot of people. Like six hundred should probably happen. Again, seven hundred. I just don't. I just don't. I don't know. I don't know if it's gonna happen. We're, we're never gonna see another three hundred game winner. There's zero percent chance. Oh well, that that's way over. Way way over. Like it, way, way. It, I wonder what the next. Like I don't know what the next. I guess we're gonna have to just redo what you know the Hall of Fame stuff is like. I don't know if we'll see. I mean, 3,000 hits is still doable. I think we'll see guys get there. Um, You know, but yeah, the the stuff, you know, the class, I mean, like the 3,000 strikeouts, like that's not going to matter. A 300 strikeout season, that's not happening again. Done. Like all this stuff, you know, yeah, it's, we we do have to reevaluate a lot of that stuff. I mean, that's what makes the judge season so interesting is, you comparatively what he's doing is so amazing. You know, that, I mean, Schwarber is second in baseball with what, 42 or something, 43, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing what he's doing in terms of comparative to his competition. But you know, it's all like the, it's, you know, it's everything's out of whack now, Jack. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, I I mean, Kyle Schwarber has like 88 RBI with, with 42 homers. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was, it was a good throwback baseball moment and people have been like complaining about the coverage of it. It's like, well, at least they're doing it. You know, at least they're not just like letting it go and and you see it on Twitter and whatever. Like at least they're they're trying to, you know, for for as much as we hear, oh, baseball's gotta market their stars, they've done a pretty good job of this uh of this chase for seven hundred and, and judges sixty one or whatever. Yeah, and making them matter. Cause again, you know, like 
that baseball numbers mattered. Like growing up, that's I can still name them all. You know, whether it's seven fifty five or seven fourteen or six sixty for Mays or you know Mike Schmidt's five forty eight or whatever. You know, there are all these numbers that just stick out in your head because they matter. The the you know five eleven for Cy Young, like all those things that are just kind of indelibly like inked in your brain forever because that stuff mattered. It's how you evaluated greatness. It's how you judged the history of the game. It's the the like totems, the barometers, the things you like that you use to weigh everything else against and all that. And, and it's change and it's changing and it's, it makes it harder to kind of, um, you know, put the game into numbers in that way. You know, now it's a lot more about OPSs and all that type of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, but I still like the old school stuff. I did, you know, me too, buddy. You know, me too, pal. Me we'll too. see. We'll see. And the next, uh, but you know, I'm with you. If I had to bet, I would, I would bet we don't ha- uh, see another 700 homers. I just hope we get 500 for Bryce. Yeah, buddy. I mean, that could happen. He's got to stay healthy, but that could happen. Yeah, it's a shame that you know the 2020 thing happened. He got hurt last year. Got hurt this year. Because I mean, he should have passed 300 by now. Very yeah, a while easily. ago. Very easily. Yeah, it's too bad. Um. All right. Uh. Is that all you got? It's all I got, pal. So big, week. big week. Cubs, uh, so three against the Cubs and then four against Washington. Um, they're supposed to have an off day on Thursday and play a doubleheader Saturday, but now there's all this talk of like Hurricane Ian and weather in Washington. So just pay attention because they're going to find a way to play these games. Like they're not playing it the day in between the end of the season and the, the three game series if they have to or whatever, you know. So, um, it could be a weird week of baseball, Jack. Always is. Whatever the most painful way for this team to make the playoffs will probably happen. So exactly. that's my mindset. I love it. All right. Uh, we'll be back later in the week. Uh, big se- just, just win games, man. Just win games. At least they've beaten up on bad teams this year. So hopefully that continues. Fritz, you got any final thoughts? Clinch on Sunday. Next Sunday. <laughs> I'm in, pal. There you go. There you go. All right. Uh, We'll be back later in the week.